What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast Dog Mom Mentality, where we strive to play with dogs and not emotions. I am your virtual bestie, Caroline, and I have my furry friend here, Layla, and we are going to give you a break from your day to talk about all things dogs and emotional well-being. If you have ever been emotionally affected by your dog, then this is the podcast for you. We are back with part two of our interview with Brittany. If you haven't listened to the first one, go give it a listen and then come back to this one because it will make a lot more sense. (laughs) This week's episodes are all about puppyhood frustrations. The topics we discuss would be really, really good for people who are thinking about getting a new dog or are a new dog parent dealing with some problem behaviors or even for those who are experienced dog parents but are thinking about getting a new puppy in the future and want to be reminded of all the great joys and experiences having a puppy. (laughs) Um, Like constantly talking about poop with your partner, the size of it, the color of it, if it looks like soft serve ice cream or not. (laughs) The works. Um, I swear talking about poop was Bobby and I's like whole text message thread for like three weeks after we first got Layla and after talking to Brittany it sounds like that's pretty freaking normal (laughs) um but this convo is with Brittany Brown some of you may know her dog whose name on Instagram is Rosie the Cream Her platforms focus on sharing new dog mom tips and products that every dog mom needs. Brittany and Rosie live in Chicago, and Rosie is almost two, so don't be fooled by the plethora of puppy pictures that you see on their page. She is like one and a half to two years old. In part two, we talk more about Rosie's transition to raw food and what that was like as a dog mom. And just as a sneak peek, Brittany said it was really, really scary and really, really defeating at times. So we also dive into some of Rosie's reactivity and how Brittany and her boyfriend Joe use training every day to combat that. We also discuss what we would do differently as dog parents if we could turn back time. She also answers my favorite question to ask, which is what does having a dog mom mentality mean to you? She answered it so beautifully that I almost choked up and cried. (laughs) Um, Brittany and I do mention a few things like her vet's nutrition guide that she so graciously sent me over and I have linked that in the show notes. So if that is something that you are interested, be sure to check that out in the description of this podcast episode. Now that you have a brief intro into what this episode is about, it is time for our happies and crappies. I was going to do this in the first one, but then the intro got a little long, so I was like, I'll just save it for part two. (laughs) Um, But happies and crappies is something my college friends and I did at the dinner table to hear about everyone's day. So I will start with my crappies so that we can end on a good note. So my crappy recently has been not having therapy because my therapist is out of town and sometimes feeling like I don't have enough time in the day to get everything done, specifically with Layla. So if you've been following us for a while on Instagram, I do monthly goal check-ins and I literally have to do this because if I try to do everything all in one month and don't limit myself... I will try to do everything and then I just get stressed and feel like a failure and yada, yada, yada. But there have been so many little things recently that I want to work on with her and that I literally just get pissed at the end of the day wishing I had just one more 10 minute stretch to do her nails or something like a new trick or just something small. But I know it's the end of the day and this bitch Layla gets real grumpy at night um, and Nels are already a battle anyways, so I just like, I'm just like, Caroline, just don't do it. You want to go to sleep happy. Um, but yeah, that's my crappy. And then my happy recently has been establishing a new morning routine and the variety of shows I've been watching. Also, Layla is just like over here wrestling the carpet. So if you hear her, <laughs> that's why. 
Um, but my new morning routine goes a little something like this. So I start off with a 10 to 15 minute meditation, guided meditation on Headspace. They have like a few different categories. I've done some of the creativity sessions, did a few of those, and then I'm have been doing one on resistance. So accepting whatever you are resisting in the moment. And I've just, I've really liked doing those guided meditations. And I think it just puts me in a really good place to start my day off. And then after my meditation, I do a five minute just stretch. So not really like anything specific. I just like stretch and try to get my body moving. And then I've also been using the I am affirmations app. And you can select to do like a guided one minute, five minute, or 10 minute like affirmation um, where they give you a new affirmation to say every like interval, whatever the case may be, which with whatever like time you pick. So like one, five, or, or 10, I think. I've been doing the five minutes. So like I'll stretch while I'm doing those affirmations for five minutes and just saying some of those out loud really just puts my head in such a good space. And some of the affirmations, like I'll favorite them whenever they come up. And then I have a, like a, a little widget thing on my phone and it reminds me of them throughout the day. So it's just, it's just so nice. I just love it. But I've also had a lot of good content to watch recently. So I've been watching You, Season 3, Dancing with the Stars, and then Bobby and I are also watching The Morning Show, and then I've been watching Ted Lasso on Apple TV off and on. So there's a wide wide variety there. Um, but speaking of content, I've also been reading some. Um, I do this sometimes after I finish my morning routine and then sometimes I do it like later on in the day. But if I do it with my morning routine, it's just like the cherry on top of a big like positive morning Sunday. <laughs> um, but I'm not really much of a reader, but I always gravitate towards self-help books. So right now I have The Emotional Entrepreneur by Scout Sobel and then I am about ready to start Atomic Habits by James Clear. So The Emotional Entrepreneur has been a really great book. I would recommend it to anyone regardless of if you are trying to get into business or not. Like I'm definitely not a businesswoman whatsoever, but I'm still reading it because I think it has a lot of really good lessons in it. So not much dog entertainment content to share, but since this is a dog mom podcast, I feel like I have to share some dog products while I'm at it. So I've had a lot of questions recently about what type of toy is good for chasing, and that is the flirt pole. Can't recommend it enough. We literally just played with it this morning and it tires Layla out so much. Everyone that I recommend it to is like, oh my goodness, yes. So if you have a dog that loves to chase or stalk animals, especially bunnies or squirrels, then you should definitely get a flirt pole. The one I have is from Squishy Face. It, you can get it on Amazon and it has a flag at the end, but it would be super easy to change out the flag with one of those fuzzy plush toys um, or like the fuzzy toys that have squeakers in them that look like a bunny or a squirrel. So you can like really hone in their prey drive and work with a toy instead of your dog chasing a real life bunny or squirrel because <laughs> we all love that. Okay, I think this wraps up all of my rambling for the day, and we are just about ready to get into the show, but before we do, do not forget to follow the podcast wherever you are listening, rate and review if you are using Apple, and feel free to take a screenshot and post it to your stories because that is literally one of my favorite pieces of having a podcast. So let's get into part two of Puppyhood Frustrations with Brittany Brown. So, um, okay, what about raw? Did you do any 
like research into raw feeding before you got Rosie? Or was that something that you didn't even think of? Because like, I didn't know that feeding your dog raw was a thing until I got on Instagram. (laughs) Same. (laughs) I didn't know it was a thing until on Instagram either. And I truthfully was like, Mm, this is a little much like dogs don't need that dogs have been eating kibble for centuries. It's fine. Like, why do we need to, why do I need to do anything else? Like I asked my vet, I asked my breeder. um, I asked a bunch of different people. I'm like, "Mm, is that really necessary? Mm -hmm. And, but luckily I think that there was enough people in the community that were like feeding raw where like I could ask questions like when I needed to. Um, But yeah, I didn't, I did not see the, the need for it at first until we got Rosie. And then, and even then, um, I was actually talking to somebody recently and it's like, there's a lot of people I think that have very similar situations to Rosie in terms of sensitive stomach and like digestive issues and digestive issues. Like for Rosie weren't like anything biologic. She just couldn't handle kibble. So it's like, so Like, I guess that's something I should probably define better for people is like, there was nothing like wrong with her. She just like, couldn't handle shitty food. You know what I mean? Like, and that's like, she's just like, "Mm, no, my body's like a temple. Like I can't put that in my body. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Rosie the queen. Okay. Let's like, and that's not to put judgment on anybody else. Like for Rosie, that's like what her like body is like, do not touch kibble like do not give me that stuff that is so interesting yeah so did you have her like let's like backtrack a little bit so did you have her on kibble whenever you first got her and then like what was kind of the things that you saw that just like was a warning sign or a red flag and then what was like the transition like and the some of like the challenges that you went through yeah So to kind of go through the story and feel free to like ask questions and interrupt throughout, but we brought her home. We had her on the same exact kibble that the breeder did. Um, I think that's like a smart thing to do is like, just keep them on the same thing and keep, especially because like new environments, sometimes they can be um, more anxious and everything. She didn't really like to eat at first. Like food was like not motivating at all. And going back to training also, like from before she was not food motivated. So that was like at the very beginning, she was not food motivated. And that was a really tough thing about training. So like building a relationship would have been way easier in that instance than trying to train her with play. Yeah, exactly. Or just like, you know, pets or snuggles or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So she wasn't really eating a ton, but like it was fine. Like, you know, she ended up getting more of an appetite after a couple of days Um, we occasionally fed her different treats and everything. And probably after like one or two weeks, she started getting like looser stools. And so we were kind of like monitoring that. And I really thought it was just because of like the treats we were giving her. Cause I was like, oh, she was on this kibble before it's definitely the treats. So we kind of eliminated treats and it seemed to kind of help, but then at the same time it didn't. So we started giving like stool samples to the vet, um, Cause she started just like getting up earlier and like in the middle of the night and stuff. And the stools were just like not consistent whatsoever. Um, it was really just like more mucus, which like I've now learned is really a sign of like inflammation in the oh, body. Okay. Um, like something is like irritating the, you know, stomach and intestine. Um, so that was kind of like one of the signs and we really thought it was Giardia and like it very well could have been, um, and so that's kind of where we thought we were like headed at first is, and that's just like a bacteria, right? It's a parasite. It's a okay. really, really, really nasty parasite. And, um, especially in the cities, it's like yeah. really rampant because of the rats and mm. just like all the dogs in the city as well, because basically like if a dog poops and then like you pick it up and then like Rosie was to go like near that area, like she could get it even like, just, like to sniff, sniff it. Yeah. Just to like sniff okay. it. Um, and they can like, it's just a very easily contractable, um, parasite. 
and it stays in the body for a long time too. And so I was really convinced it was Giardia. It very well could have been Giardia. But the other thing too, is that it is so hard to test for. Like she came back negative in every Giardia test. Like we did it multiple, multiple times. Um, and so, and cause the other thing with Giardia too, is that you have to catch it. Like if you're going to do a sample and it's going to come back positive, you have to give them the sample in the like life cycle of the Giardia for it to be detected uh, Yeah, in a particular, I don't know exactly what part I think it's like when it's shedding, like it can be detected, but otherwise it's like really, really hard to detect. Yeah. So we went on like a few different antibiotic treatment rounds with that. Every time she was on antibiotics, it cleared up. So we were like, oh, yay. Like we're good. Yeah. We're in the clear. Um, and obviously did so much chicken and rice throughout this entire time too. Like I think chicken and rice was just like constantly in our fridge, mm-hmm. like ready to go on standby. Yeah. Um, and that was like, obviously there's not like a lot of nutrients in chicken and rice too. So that definitely mm-hmm. like led to kind of like hurt some of her malnourishment. Um, but we really thought it was like Giardia for the longest time. And that's like, what was that we were like, and I think one of the things too, it's comforting to have a diagnosis, right? So yes. like, because then you're like, you're at least past like the worrying of like, what could it be? Yeah. Like at least we know it's this. And then uh, let me just Google everything about Giardia. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. And so we really thought it was like Giardia multiple times. I think, I think we probably thought she had it like three or four times um, in the first like six months, but then like, you know, it kind of continued and we were like, mm, might be something else. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started like thinking about raw more, especially when like, you know, there's one time very specifically, I remember we were like walking her, we were coming back from like a restaurant and she like stopped in the middle of the sidewalk and like had a bloody stool. And we were just like, holy shit, like Mm -hmm. something is so wrong. Like we have to do something about it. And so we ended up going back to the vet and we were like, okay, it can't be like, Giardia, it can't be like she's not like sick. There's something else wrong. So then we started going down the path of like new foods and we tried a different brand of food. And like I think she might have still been on antibiotics a little bit. So like anytime you're on antibiotics, it like kind of magically clears everything up. Mm -hmm. And the other food seemed to be fine for like a couple weeks. And then it started happening again. And I think a lot of it for Rosie was just like the inflammation and irritation cause she was constantly having mucus in her stool. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like finally I connected with Maddie from my boy rudder. Okay. And again, she's also in Chicago. Yeah. So she's in Chicago too. Um, and she's like, okay, watch pet fooled, which is a documentary about like the dog food industry. And I watched that and I was like, Oh my God, like I really need to do something. But again, I was like, And it's funny when I like talk to other people about this, like on Instagram, because they are in the same position I am, but they're so scared to do anything because like for me, and I, it brought me back when I was talking to this person this week, because she was like, I don't want to like upset her stomach further by switching to raw. And I was like, oh my God, I literally thought the same thing because I was like switching to raw. Like, is her stomach going to be able to handle that? Like she's still sick. Like I want to get her, I want to be able to get her to like a normal like level Mm-hmm. And then I'll switch her to raw. That's like kind of what I kept saying to myself. I'm yeah. like, okay, we're just going to get to this normal, like baseline. And then like, we can switch mm-hmm. and it just and never you, happened. Like, didn't realize because, that like, raw was going to be like the baseline for you all. Yeah. I didn't realize like what it was going to do for us. And so even after like all the conversations I was having about raw and like, I really trust Maddie, but I was like, I need, I need like a holistic vet to just tell Mm -hmm. me it's okay. So why a holistic vet though? Because our vet was like, not, I don't think she was like not supportive of raw, but like a lot of vets are just not like educated on that in the same way. And I think think it's like a new thing, not necessarily newer, but it's really, I think vets really want to do the very best for their dog, like for your dog. Mm -hmm. And they can't, a lot of, a lot of the time I think vets think about raw in terms of like, you do it yourself, like DIY raw, which is like, you're putting, you know, bones and different like veggies and meats and everything, Mm -hmm. um, and putting it together yourself. And that's really hard to determine if it's complete imbalance, especially for a puppy. Yeah. And so 
when I was actually at the vet last week, I was telling her about raw and she seemed to be pretty supportive of the fact that we were feeding a complete and balanced diet, like a pre-made raw that's complete and balanced. She was like, okay. Like she didn't really question or like say anything about it like before. So we, I ended up wanting to do a holistic vet just because like they obviously like look a lot more about at like the dog's like overall health and not just symptoms. Okay. Um, they kind of dive into like the history and like more about the dog than just like what the symptoms are presenting and then treating the symptoms themselves. They really try and get to the root of the problem. Okay. And so really she was like, okay, I think we should just switch to raw. And I was like, okay, that's all I needed. <laughs> yeah. Like you just kind of needed like a second opinion. From somebody. I paid like 250, like $300 just for the vet. Yeah. yeah. Like you just, I just needed someone to be like, it's okay. Yeah. 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 Um, that, that makes sense. It's always like really nice whenever you're reassured. Of yeah. Course. And I think that the biggest thing, like this person was telling me this week was that my thought process was like, her body's not going to be able to handle raw because she's so like malnourished and she like, doesn't have a built up immune system because the antibiotics like wiped out the microbiome and everything. And I just like needed a vet to be like, no, like actually this is the right course of action because this like, because she's so malnourished because she doesn't have an immune system. She needs something to like build it up. And that's like with real food, that's going to like get her back to normal. So it was like literally within a week, she was like changed. Really? That's a brand new dog. I mean, literally three days of this transition because we did like a seven eight day transition yeah. of like 25% raw, 75% kibble, 50, 50, yeah. and then 75% raw and then 25% kibble. And we also supplemented with some goat milk, raw goat milk to kind of like build up the good bacteria back in her, um, intestines. And it was literally like within three days. And like, ever since she's been like smooth sailing pretty much. Whoa. That's like, that's crazy that it would like made such a big difference. Yeah. So have you always used the same raw food? Like, have you, I know you use Darwin's now. Have you always used Darwin's? No. So I, we tried like probably every brand that was at like our local health food store that was like on the check. So my vet, my holistic vet actually gave us a like checklist that I'm like happy to give you if you want to put like in the show notes or whatever. Um, and she gave us a list for like, especially puppies, like puppies kind of have like a different set of criteria that they need versus adult dogs. Like I think one of those brands that is like good. Okay. For adult dogs, but not for puppies is instinct. Yeah. I think I've heard of that. So they're fine for like adult dogs, but not puppies according to the holistic vet. Um, so we've tried Stella and Chewy's Stella and Chewy's like was fine. It was great transition, but like it did kind of give her some like eye boogies, um, which, you know, was kind of like a sign that maybe there's something in it that didn't necessarily agree with her. Yeah. Um, but small batch Steve's real, um, primal and answers were all really great for her too. In addition to Darwin's, um, I think like Steve, the problem with some of these brands is that they are like only in some pet stores. So you kind of have to like go on their website and see where they're stocked. Steve's real was like the cheapest option for us. If you buy in bulk. Um, and as far as like expenses go, like we were spending so much on the vet and we were also like the, like times that we were getting up in the middle of the night and like the headache that we had from like her issues. I was like, I will pay whatever for dog food if I don't have to go to the Yeah. Cause it gives you like a peace of mind. Yeah. Just to know that like your dog feels better. Yeah. Like going through all of this, how did you feel as a dog mom? Did you like ever come back and think that it was like something that you were doing that you just like couldn't pinpoint or did you always think like, okay, it must be something with her digestive system? Yeah. I think that there was like just a lot of dog mom guilt that like I wasn't doing enough or like I wasn't like finding the right answers just because it was like constantly like, and I knew I was doing stuff, like obviously trying to go to the vet, trying to talk to different people, but like, because it was never like 
we never got the answers that we were looking for. Like it was, I just felt so defeated. It was a really defeating time. I think Mm -hmm. being defeated is probably like the best way to describe it. Um, which is just such a like horrible feeling to have for sure on a regular basis. And it is wild because like she got so much energy back. Like I feel like she kind of missed some of her like puppyhood, which is like real. That's like another thing that kind of like bums me out is I'm like, Oh, she like didn't get to be like a full puppy maybe, but because she didn't have like all the energy to, to explore and do everything. Yeah. And I think that we kind of like sheltered her a little bit too. Like she still did a lot of stuff with us, which was really nice. But like, I think we would have like done more maybe like yeah. had she been feeling better, like we would have gone on more adventures or like gone and done more things. If, well, if and even like better. with the moments that you thought that she had Giardia where you can just get that like off the street from another dog. You, I mean, I would be scared to like take her yeah. out to different places because you're just like, I don't know when the last time a dog pooped here was like, yeah, you know, you're in the city and there's, it's probably pretty densely populated with dogs. So I can just only imagine like the anxious, like terrified, like what if a dog pooped there or like, what if this, what if that? So I just, so many, what if, (laughs) yeah, but I definitely think like having Joe and having like the dog Instagram community was really, really nice. And I wish that I would have like, I kind of kept a little bit more of like her issues and like our issues private. And I really wish I would have been more open about like what we are going through on a daily basis, like at least in stories, because I think we probably could have like been more supported and like been able to like maybe find solutions faster or I don't know. Like, I mean, everyone kind of has their own, like, Oh, we like our dog eats this and our dog eats that and whatever. Um, but I think I really wish I was a little bit more like open about it. And I'm like really, really open about it now, but like, I wish Mm -hmm. I would have been like, Hey, like this is the shit we're going through this week. Like it really (laughs) sucks. Like it's not fun. And just been a little bit more transparent about it. Yeah. Like your feelings during that time were definitely valid. Like, especially the feeling of defeat. I feel like that's such a valid feeling, but it's like still not a good feeling to feel, you know what I mean? And you like have to get yourself out of that slump. And then you're like, how the heck do I do that when my dog is still sick? Yeah. So exactly. So I think that, yeah, I think having like a, a community and like being able to talk to people about it, Um, even if you're just like venting, like, oh, I feel so bad today. Or like, this is so tiring. Like, I just want answers. Like, I cannot um, tell you the number of times that Joe and I were like, what do we do? Like, how do we get this to stop? And it was just constantly like, what, what is the next step here to like Mm -hmm. make it better? So I think having some, like, no matter what situation you're in before you get a puppy, like having, a supportive community, having supportive friends, having like people to talk to about the process uh, is like so important. For sure. And even like with your vet too, and then Maddie, your trainer, um, just their support as well. Um, you know, I don't even know if there's like a holistic vet where we live. So that's probably like a perk of being in the city. But I'm sure, like, those people and that support, like, made you feel empowered once you got over everything and started seeing progress. So much more empowered. And we felt like we finally, like, it was, like, a victory. Like, we finally, like, found answers and, like, we were doing better for Rosie. And, like, it was something that we, like, could take action in. And, like, being empowered to, like, change something like that felt really good. Mm-hmm. In terms of like, okay, we were able to make a decision and make a difference instead of just feeling like hopeless and defeated. Like we had no idea what we were doing. So definitely having that. And I think like having, I think that so many people like obviously don't know about dogs, like mm-hmm. dog behavior, dog, you know, digestion, dog health. So having a vet that you feel comfortable, like asking a hundred questions, even if it's like taking an hour, like I think is really important. Like mm-hmm. if your vet is kind of brushing you off, like just go to a new one. Yeah. No, I totally feel that because 
<laughs> those feelings before. Yeah. Um, so switching over to a little bit of dog behavior now, yeah. you did say that Rosie is can be really anxious at times. Yeah. Um, and just from following you on Instagram, like she does have a little bit of reactivity. Yeah. So to start off with like how that made you feel, how did her reactivity like affect you and your mood on like a typical day? I again felt like really responsible for it. So Mm -hmm. there was like kind of, there is a level of like guilt and a level of shame as well that was associated with it. Like, like, oh my God, I have a, and the thing is she's a golden retriever. So everybody thinks that like, oh, like she's a perfect golden, like, Mm -hmm. you know, what's, what could be wrong with her? And I, we're lucky in the fact that she's like not really reactive towards dogs. She's reactive towards like things like in situations. Uh Um, like, you know, she sometimes will get a little bit, like she'll bark a lot if like someone's kind of in our backyard passing along the alleyway. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but she doesn't like, you know, try and go after another dog. Yeah. So I, I feel really lucky in that sense. Um, and she gets along with like most dogs, but yeah, the, any, any behavioral things, especially the anxiety. And like when our trainer was like, yeah, you pretty much like did this to her. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, like, I just felt so bad and like shameful and everything else. And it was just like, it was a lot to handle. Cause yeah. we were like, what do we do? And the nice thing is though, that like, I felt good about that. We were taking action and that we were like getting help from somebody. You and just I wish really you would have done it sooner. Oh my God. I wish yeah. that's like a, another, like in the, you know, list of things, like I would just, if you budget for a dog, like you're budgeting for food, you're budgeting for vet bills, you're budgeting for vaccines, you're budgeting for everything. You have to budget for a trainer. I don't think that there's like any reason to like not get a trainer um, unless you are a dog trainer, because like, there's just like so much that we don't know about dog behavior. And like, it's worth it to like research and like figure out the best method for you and like what works for you and your dog. Um, and like, I wish that we would have done a little bit more of a relationship-based training. Um, and I'm definitely like looking into that next, but yeah, I think budgeting for a trainer and just doing it. And again, I think a big excuse for us is we were at home during the pandemic. Like we had mm-hmm. nothing else to do. I can train my dog, whatever. No, I can't. Like, yeah. I don't know anything about it. I have yeah, like very little motivation. Dog, but like you still need to be trained on how to train your dog. You That's know what I mean? Perfect. That is so perfect. I needed to be trained. That was the yeah. funniest thing. We were not there for Rosie. Like Rosie was not there. Like we were there to be trained. Yeah, you were there to like learn how to train. Yeah. So- and that's like another big thing about like different training methods. Like obviously some dogs could do boot camp and everything and like go there. But I think it was so beneficial for us to go and do the training with Rosie yes. and not just like leave her and like leave her to be trained. So yeah, that's like something to think about. Yeah, it's just something to think about because I think that like we really benefited from the training mm-hmm. um more than Rosie. Yeah, that makes sense. That's something that I thought about too. Um like it was during the pandemic and there were a few boarding trains that I actually could have sent Layla to, but I decided to work virtually with a trainer. How was that? Um where she like kind of trained me on what to do with Layla. Um, just because I wanted to take responsibility for it and not like, um, not like have her go to someone else and then come back, if that makes sense. Yeah. Now well, I think I that think- it's a, it's a much higher success rate. I think if you, this is like my own personal opinion, but I think mm-hmm. like your dog could come back and be like, quote unquote, trained for a period of time. But if you don't know like how to handle the situations that you come in contact with, then your dog becomes kind of like untrained because you're not like practicing the things that you learned. And in doing the training, our trainer was able to correct us a lot. Like even when we were learning heel, he was like, you're walking too fast. And I probably would have, if you're learning that, like not virtually, but like if you're learning that after the fact and you only have one session with your dog, Mm -hmm. like I probably would have just kept walking fast. Yeah. No, that makes sense. For sure. And like, I'm not, I I would totally like, even now I've thought about like sending Layla to a board and train just to like, 
do something different. Yeah. But it, but it's because like we already have our relationship and everything more established. So I would feel comfortable doing that now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I totally am like not, a, I'm totally not against board and trains. Like I'm yeah. for, I'm pro board and trains, but I'm also pro get your dog back and keep continuing the training. Yeah. Or else sure. it's just going to be like a quick fix for a month. And yeah. then it just goes back to normal. Um, I did want to point out some of the things that you were saying that, um, your trainer was like, you kind of did this to Rosie. That yeah. was because of like the lack of structure, right? Yeah. It was just okay. like, yeah. And, and he really didn't say it in like a, a mean way. He was just like, yeah. well, like what you're describing, like is kind of the result of, you know, her anxiety is a result of what you're describing. Um, how you've like kind of trained her and mm-hmm. done things with her. And you so, just like didn't know that until you went. No idea. And I had no idea what structure meant. Like that's yeah. just like, such a simple thing. And to know that like having a schedule for your dog and like being able mm-hmm. to like have them be able to settle and like be by themselves and everything is like really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, and I think, you know, obviously I was like, oh, like she's fine in her crate for a few hours. Like that should be fine. Right. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's a, a piece of it, but it's not like the full piece of it. Like when she's yeah. out and about, like, what is she doing? Yeah, um, no, that makes sense. And like, like you said, the amount of toys that you just had. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like just out all the time. Yeah. I mean, I thought that's, I thought that's what you were supposed to do. I thought mm-hmm. that you were supposed to have all the toys out all the time because then what could they get into? Yeah. And maybe that's why she like didn't really chew on other stuff as much. So like maybe that's a bonus of it, but that's also like yeah. if I was doing more structure with her, she probably wouldn't have done that either. I think it's like dependent on the dog too. Like some yeah. dogs could totally vibe with having a ton of toys out and like be perfectly fine. But then some dogs, you know, that might stress them out. Yeah. So that's like really dependent on the dog, but um better like safe than sorry. Like, yeah. at least that's how I think. And I'm sure that's probably how, like, you would think with your next puppy that you're going to be, yeah. like, better safe than sorry and kind of, like, implement more structure than, like, maybe what is needed for the dog at first. Just because yeah. it's better to, like, have more structure and then give a little bit of freedom over time than to yeah. start off with too much freedom and then try to, like, like backtrack and then implement all the structure all at once. A hundred percent. I also really thought that doing too much like rigid training or like even going to training and doing like e-collar training would like ruin her personality. Like that was like a myth that I like believed in. And there's like no difference in her personality. Like she's, I mean, she's definitely much more relaxed and she's very much less anxious, which I think is really great. Um, and that's something that I like, wouldn't want her to be anyways, um, For sure. but overall, like her personality is still very like much rosy, mm-hmm. like spunky and <laughs> very spunky and energetic. S-M-B, yeah. And sassy. Goofy. And, yeah. Literally very goofy. Radius coconut. <laughs> I know. I, I like <laughs> funny that you call her that. Well, it just like, we called her that all the time at home. And I was like, I'm just going to call her this like on social media and like yeah. see how it goes. Everyone <laughs> like loves it. Just yeah, like, no, I, I love it. So how did you get linked up with your trainer? Through Maddie. Okay. So did you like already know Maddie? Like how did, how did that transition? Like how did that play out? So I met Maddie through another English cream golden retriever on okay um, Instagram. And then, yeah, she just like, I started following her and like, I DM'd her a few things like about Rosie's, Mm -hmm. um, digestive issues and like raw. And then just like, obviously she was, she was doing a lot of training with them. Like she Mm -hmm. like ran their puppy program, um, before she got her new job and yeah, she just like plugged me into them. And I was just really happy that we had that. I just think that like for her, she obviously built her relationship up with Rudder a lot before she went into the training. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wish I would have done more of is like a lot more relationship building. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And what were your initial thoughts to like how the trainer like presented training, like how, how he wanted to do things like did, because everyone's experience is a little different. So if I was going into training and like, I didn't know what an e-caller was and was just presented with this, like it might freak me out a little bit if I didn't have knowledge about it at first. So was that like how it went for you or did you already have some knowledge about e-callers and what balanced training was. I messaged this trainer who is an e-caller trainer and said, can we do training without the e-caller? I don't think we need it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, no, I was like, not really like educated on what balanced training was. Mm -hmm. I didn't really I mean, there was so much stigma. There's so much, there is so much stigma around e-caller training. Um, and I didn't really understand what it was until, and what really like drove us to finally make the appointment was she like was resource guarding. Um, at, so we like, and this, and her resource guarding makes sense for like what happened. We were at Christmas at my sister's house. She has two big dogs and there was a lot of people And she snapped at me and I was like, oh my God, like Mm -hmm. what, like what just happened? And obviously the situation is very situational and it kind of continued a little bit. Like when we got home, um, Mm -hmm. with like different shoes that we had and, um, and I think she's like much better now, but it was definitely like a wake up call. I was like, yeah. "Oh, Oh my God. I remember like emailing, literally emailing the person to set up the appointment like while we were still there yeah like Like, I need help yeah Um, and like not even to get into like e-callers but the whole thing about balanced training is just like being able to like like punish or correct something like when it's not an appropriate behavior but then also you know awarding for good behavior um but resource guarding is definitely something that needs to be taken care of Um, in like a timely manner because it can really escalate. I feel like, yes, but I did not realize that either about resource guarding that it could start with the food, but then it can start to go to sticks and balls and toys and people Uh and like areas of the house too. Yeah. Just like really, really escalate. But for her to snap back at you, like I've had moments like that too, because like Layla kind of resource guarded her crate a little bit. And, and during mm-hmm. those times, like she would growl and snap whenever we were going to close the door. And I'm just like, I am your mom. Like I yeah. give you everything, oh like, my God. I do everything for you. And like, you are going to do this to me, like yeah. to me that you live with. And so that I was so offended. I was yes, so like, like, I was yeah. offended, but then I was like so upset too. Like I took it so personally oh, and I'm too. sure you probably did too. So I, cried. How- I was like, what? I was like, yeah, oh my, God, my like sweet little angel baby. Like what, like, what did I do? Yeah. And then I like took a step back, like, and I talked to Maddie about it and it was like, it was like, she was like, it makes sense. Like there's two big, big dogs and a ton of other people. She's just like, this is my food and I need to eat it. Mm-hmm. like kind of thing, you know? So no, that after sense. taking but a you, macro view of it, even, I mean, even taking that macro view, I was like, oh, how could you? Like, that's yeah. so awful. Like, why would you do that to me? No, exactly. I, I totally feel that. And it kind of like, that itself can like ruin, not ruin, but like it can push back like what you've already built with your relationship yeah. between her and like some of that trust, of course. Yeah. But then it like ruins your confidence for other things too with your dog. And then for me, like if my confidence is pretty bad, like on a walk with Layla and then the walk ends up really bad because she reacted towards something or got really fearful or just like whatever the case happened. Then I come back, I'm in a bad mood and it like ruins my whole day. Yeah. Not yeah. ruins, but like, yeah, it has, it's an impact. <laughs> yeah, it really impacts your day yeah. in a different way. I definitely, I so feel 
what you're saying too, because I have had instances where, and this is really about like other dogs and not really about Rosie, but they like, obviously being in the city, like people don't control their dogs. Mm-hmm. Like they will like let their little dog run up to Rosie and Rosie's just like scattering. And I'm just like, control your dog. Yeah. And there was another time where we were like sitting at a restaurant and this dog was like, this man was like, oh, be nice. And then like this dog snapped at Rosie and I, that like puts, I think that Rosie recovers pretty well. Like she doesn't like take it too personally, but like I take it personally. And then I'm scared the next time we go next to a dog and I'm like, and you know, and I feel like awkward, like going on the grass on the sidewalk, like to go around and give us space. But it's like, it's something that we do. And I try and build as much confidence, but it's just like, I cannot, if I see a dog, that's kind of just like roaming like if you know there's like a ton of like slack with the owner Mm -hmm. I'm like I can't trust you like I can't trust that you're gonna pull your dog in and keep them next to you while we walk by because um sorry Rosie just grabbed something what sorry pause no you're fine where did you even get that come on come on that's a little like what is like that? Hey, hey thing? I don't even know. What, what the heck, dude? She looks so cute, though. <laughs> She's trying to say hi. Okay, sorry. What was I saying? Oh, oh. so, like, when we're on walks, like, I just can't really trust that someone else is going to, like, control their dog. Yeah. Um, but I would love to be able to, like, go walk past other dogs and, like, both of us have a neutral experience. And then we can, like, keep practicing that. But because there's so much, like like variability Mm -hmm. I get nervous and I'm like okay instead of putting my nervous energy on you like you being rosy like I'm just gonna like move over here and we can walk confidently past this dog Mm -hmm. because I feel like exactly what you're saying is like exactly how I feel sometimes like if she gets scared about something like I get scared and then I'm putting that toward like that energy transfers to her and then that like just worsens the whole situation so even like Sometimes when I feel uncomfortable, I will like unknowingly put more tension on the leash. Yes. Like soak up. On I the do leash. the same thing. And then I like am walking for a bit and I realize and I'm like, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. Not that she like understands what sorry means, but <laughs> in human language, but you know, it makes me feel bad because then I like am giving her that physical cue that something may be wrong. Yeah. When I wish I wouldn't have. And then it could just, you know, it's sometimes it's fine. Some, but sometimes it's not, you know, yeah. sometimes that like translates to her that something's wrong and then she gets nervous or anxious. And then yeah, we just go about our day with this like negative vibe. Yeah. Um, that's something that I'm like really, really, really working on. And I'm not going to lie. Ever since I started meditating in the morning, I've seen okay. a really big difference. <laughs> I need a, I have been trying to figure out a better morning routine. Yeah. It's something that I'm going to therapy on Monday. Thanks to you. I'm so excited. But that is one thing I told the therapist. I was like, I need like a better routine for myself, like for meditating and journaling and like keeping myself accountable with that. Because Mm -hmm. I notice such a difference when I'm able to just kind of like get some thoughts out and like, just kind of think a little bit to yourself. Yeah. And just like set the intention for the day. I just noticed such a wild difference through how my day goes. No, that makes total sense because I feel the same way. Yeah. Literally the same way. So I think this kind of wraps up most of my main questions. We talked about so much and I think this is going to be a really good conversation for people to listen to if they're like either thinking about getting a new puppy or have a puppy like that is on the way. Um, especially if they've had their dog for a couple of years, they might've forgotten what it was like to have a puppy. So this might be like a good reminder for them. Yeah, um, for sure. I hope it's not too scary. I never meant to be like scary about these things. I just think that like, it's great to bring like awareness. It's like just being more aware of like different options, like even just getting hiring a trainer, like first month that you get your puppy. That's like just a really simple thing. Like, and And asking your trainer about asking your trainer about like how to implement structure. 
like, mm-hmm. and how to build a relationship with your dog. Like yeah. those are just like easy little things that like, if you can get those started out the get go, like you will have like a wildly different experience with your dog. Yes. I, I love that. Um, so before we end this, I'm always going to ask my guests, what does having a dog mom mentality mean to you? So I really like this question. I was like thinking a lot about it when I saw the questions before. Uh And I think that it's really like having grace with yourself and just trying to like understand your own emotions with your dog. Um, Because I think that for me personally, like I put so much pressure on myself to like be the perfect dog mom and having a dog mom mentality to just like know that you're doing your best, give yourself grace when you mess up or make a mistake. And that your like ultimate goal is to like be the best dog mom possible. Um, such you like in the right direction. Oh, I like got <laughs> cheery eyed during that. <laughs> I'm like, I, oh. <laughs> I think this, this whole conversation has really like brought a lot of like reflections yeah reflection of like I was like so hard on myself or even like even reflecting I'm like wow like that was really bad whatever and I think like in talking with you about it 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 really like kind of brings more like I my only goal is to be the absolute best possible dog mom like and that's like all of our goals like we just want to be the best for our dogs and so just like giving ourselves more grace and like lenience on like different things because we there's we're going to make mistakes and we just have Mm -hmm. to accept that and be like okay with that and like have a community to like lean on when you Mm -hmm. do make mistakes and then kind of move on from it after that I love that oh that makes my heart so happy I'm I'm so happy you're doing this podcast I think this is like gonna be such a game changer and I love that you've like really embraced every part of it with like in your Instagram, because like I said, I mean, like I'm literally going to therapy because of you and it's just like the best, like, I feel so grateful for our friendship. And like, if you guys don't have like the community on Instagram yet and you're like new, like, come on in, you're welcome. (laughs) Yes. You are so welcome. (laughs) And if you guys don't know, Brittany is actually my like Instagram business coach. <laughs> so I don't know if like that's the right terminology, but that's I like how it. I describe you. I like it. She's my business coach. So she's been a huge cheerleader for this podcast and like me finding my little like section on Instagram and like doing my thing about what I'm passionate about. She has just been such a big help with that. So if you ever need a cheerleader, please go to Brittany. Thank you. If you ever ask me for who you should go to, it will (laughs) always be Brittany. (laughs) I appreciate that so much. And we have the Working Dog Mom Instagram community on Facebook. It's a Facebook group that's free. And it's great because you can just like kind of ask all your Instagram questions um, and whatever, like brand deal, business questions, Mm -hmm. whatever you need. And then obviously I have the working dog mama Instagram as well as Rosie, the cream Instagram, um, which I share a lot more about the kind of business side of Instagram brand deals, being an influencer, all of that fun stuff. And we, I am working on a new program that's coming out soon. <laughs> I'm excited about it. I don't know if you could hear that. Yeah. I but... heard a little noise. <laughs> <laughs> this is the dog mom life. But I'm working on a program, thanks to uh, Caroline's, like, reflection on our time together. Um, She's really helped me revamp it, and I'm working on the program, so it's releasing soon. So if you go to the link in my bio on Working Dog Mama, um, the Instagram account, I have a wait list that will give you a discount if you enter on the wait list. Okay, awesome. And one of my other favorite things that you do on the Facebook group is the Friday wins. Yes. I love that. I think it's I, so fun. And I love like seeing what other people are doing yes. and like getting inspired from that. Oh my God. I get so inspired every single week. And I think that like, it's really important to know like 
that all wins are like wins. And so sometimes like, you know, it really changes my perspective sometimes where I'm like, oh, like I didn't get like, you know, a hundred thousand views on this, but someone's like pumped about getting like, you know, 5,000 views or something mm-hmm. like that. I'm like, yeah, like that's 5,000 views. That's 5,000 people that saw it or um, whatever win is for you. I think it's just really great to be like inspired and it re-motivates me every Friday. Like that yes. I, when I see the new. It's such a good way to go in. into the weekend. Yeah. And it's so, I mean, obviously like with how everything is and everyone's so busy, sometimes it's hard to catch when people like have that sort of success if you're like yes. not paying attention all the time. So like, for example, like, Instagram was kind of like down yesterday, but then you posted your first sponsored reel. And I was like, that's when I saw it was like in the group and I was able to go and see it on Instagram. So that's kind of another like little bonus. Yeah. Kind of just making sure that you don't miss out on the people that you really, really care about. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how I think of it too. And I meet like new accounts through, through your Facebook and through your page. And I think that's so awesome too. You've just built a really really great community. So for, um, Rosie's account, Rosie, the cream, she's built a really great, like puppyhood and like puppy culture community. And then with working dog mama, it's more like being a dog momager and how to define yourself and build your niche and brand and work with other companies. So she's, she's built a really great community overall with both accounts and, You've been really successful with both, I feel like. So I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm so proud of you and everything that's going to come from this podcast. I think it is truly going to be such a game changer for so many people um, because I don't think enough people talk about the puppy blues and all the things that happen with dogs and the emotions that come with them. For sure. No, I think I think it'll I think this episode specifically has been really, really good. But yeah, I'm just so excited overall to to get this out there and and keep talking about it. So I know I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, okay, I'm gonna we'll have go. that like end end times. I know. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and like end it. So okay. I'm gonna end the recording. Okay, but like we can stay on here. Okay, perfect. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, thank you so much, Brittany, for coming on today. I really appreciate it and. I hope you guys all go and follow Brittany um, on both of her accounts because she's so, so helpful and so empowering. Um, and you're really missing out if you don't. Thank but you thanks so again much for, for having me. Here. Of course. You're the best. Okay. Love you. Love you. Okay, so that wraps up my episodes on puppyhood frustration with Brittany Brown. What did you think? I would love to know. I thought this was a super insightful conversation and a very reflective conversation for us dog owners who have had their dog for about a year, a little over a year. Um, And because those moments of puppyhood are still really fresh in our brain, And I know that even if you are a dog mom of 10 years, I'm sure you can (laughs) probably look back on these moments and been like, yep, I've been there and I don't want to go back again. But I know we all want to go back again. We all want to get that new little puppy one day and we will be more prepared because we've had these conversations and these realizations and this bigger community to support us. and, And, you know, we just get more knowledgeable every day as we grow as a person and as we grow and bond more with our current dog. If you like this podcast or you found it inspiring or informative, then give it a review on Apple. You can just go in and click the five stars. You can follow us on Spotify and Apple. So get those like follower subscriptions up. Um, And you can also subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes. I would also be so appreciative if you take a screenshot and put a little snippet about what your favorite part was or what you got out of this uh, podcast episodes and then post that on your Instagram story. I would be so appreciative, appreciative, 
I can't speak appreciative. <laughs> Why am I a podcaster? But I would be so appreciative of that and I would definitely, you know, love to repost that and love to see what kind words you have to say. And if you have any podcast specific questions, you can message me on Instagram which I just realized I haven't said what my Instagram handle is, but it's literally the name of this podcast, Dog Mom Mentality. So you can follow me there, but if you have any podcast-specific questions, you can uh, message me on Instagram. You can email me at caroline at dogmommentality.com. I think that wraps up everything. I hope you have a great, great day. And if all else fails, I hope you at least get to go play with your dog today.